Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there also. We have X, Instagram, and Facebook. So on X, all you got to do is type in at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. Just type that in the search engine. You'll find it. Follow on like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, all you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. And Instagram, all you got to do is type in at Pigskin Frenzy, lowercase. All you got to do is follow, like the page there. You'll get episode updates. There's a trivia questions. Go and answer those. Uh, there's an, a bio about me as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Okay. So, by the way, on that trivia question, go and answer that trivia question. Should be a good one. So, some pigskin frenzy news before we kick off today's, you know, part two and last part of the Q&A session. I said we're going to do part a two-parter. This is the last and final part as we kick off into the college football season. By the way, if we're talking about, you know, college football season, technically it starts this week instead of next week. So it's the most wonderful time of the year. Week zero of college football is now. And we're going to, you know, break down a couple of games to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. So hopefully I can answer all of the questions. End up breaking down a couple of games. Uh, not many that are playing this week. They all start next week. But we have some good ones, uh, including Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, and Navy. We also have USC opening up against San Jose State. So... We're going to break a couple of those games down. And before we get into our Q&A session and before we get into, you know, the concluded episode of breaking down some games, let's talk about some Pigskin Frenzy news here. We have a free giveaway. Okay, everyone's waiting for, you know, like, yay, giveaway time. So we're going to do that. Have a free giveaway. And what better way to start off the football season than, with, than to host a defending champion giveaway in the NFL, Super Bowl defending champion giveaway for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, we have a football signed by three offensive linemen, uh, Trey Smith, Joe Tunney, and Mike Calendino. We have a Chiefs shirt, and we have some a couple of, you know, awesome, you know, awesome things, including stickers, pigskin frenzy stickers that you can win. So, awesome stuff. XL Chiefs football t-shirt, two pigskin frenzy stickers, and an autographed football by Chiefs offensive lineman Trey Smith, Joe Tunney, and Mike Calendino. So, free giveaway, and all you got to do is this. Follow Pigskin Frenzy on Instagram. And if you don't have Instagram, and if you have Facebook, follow Pigskin Frenzy on Facebook. So, on Facebook and or Instagram, follow on there. Share the post on your story with a hashtag, hashtag Pigskin Frenzy. Pod, uh, PF podcast giveaway. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hashtag PF podcast giveaway and tag us at Pigskin Frenzy. Number three, tag two friends in the comment sections below. So if you have Facebook, 
and not Instagram, go on Facebook, do the same thing. If you have Instagram and not Facebook, do the process on Instagram. So three simple rules. Uh, the additional entries, if you want to do uh, do additional things, subscribe to Pigskin Frenzy on YouTube. Follow on, follow on Podbean or Spotify. Follow at Pigskin Frenzy on X. And the winner of this giveaway will be announced via Instagram story on September 7th. You know what day that is. That is the kickoff of the NFL regular season. Fun thing about that, the game is the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Thursday night football kicking off the regular season. We will announce the winner on that story and on the episode of the September 7th of Pigskin Frenzy. So, Let's kick it off, guys. Let's talk. Let's do our Q&A now. So enter the giveaway. Everyone, I'm just telling everybody now, enter the giveaway and you know, subscribe, follow on all platforms and share around with others. YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, follow on Facebook, follow on Instagram, follow on X for all things up to date with Pigskin Frenzy. And enter the giveaway. It should be fun. Free giveaway calling all Chiefs fans and all football fans, as well as all Pigskin Frenzy followers. So let's get down to it, guys. Let's just get down to it. Q&A session uh, for college football. Sorry I took a little bit of time with that announcing the giveaway and the rules, but just wanted to throw out that reminder. I'll give you more reminders Thursday. So Q&A session, we last left off with conference expansion, but I'm going to you know curve it a little bit with the realignment. So we're going to do some realignment, but we're also going to answer some fun questions here that I found were very interesting. Let's kick it off with this question. Does college football need a commissioner? That is a very, very interesting question. Does college football need a commissioner? Now, not saying that the NCAA doesn't do a lot. They do. They do a lot. But when it comes to football, there's a little bit less that they do with football, less rules, and they 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 kind of tone down on football because they know that college football is their money, right? They kind of tone down that a little bit. But then, right, you have the other sports that the NCAA heavily, you know, zeroes in on when it comes to rules and everything like that. So does college football need a commissioner? That's a very interesting question. I would say... If things keep going the way they're going with the realignment and the NIL and the transfer portal, I would say yes at some point, yes, to oversee a lot of the, the college football playoff committee and to oversee you know a lot of stuff that's going on in college football. Uh, it seems like some of the stuff that happens can be over the NCAA's head, and I think that that would be an actually interesting thing, you know? to have a commissioner of college football, kind of like having a commissioner of conferences ahead of all, ahead of all things. Here's who, if, if I'll give you a double, I'll give you an additional answer with this question. Who would I like to see as the college football commissioner would be Nick Saban. Of course, there's no other answer. It would be Alabama head coach, Nick Saban. And once he retires and then decides, Hey, college football doesn't just need a playoff committee. It needs a committee to oversee with the things that are going on in college football. You get Nick Saban on that. And I think Nick Saban would be a great commissioner of that committee and a great commissioner of college football. He's already kind of like a commissioner of college football, but with the way he stuffs, with the way he talks and his words 
have meaning and power behind it. They listen. They listen to Nick Saban. So, does college football need a commissioner? If things keep going the way they're going with the NCAA and, you know, a transfer portal, NIL, uh, conference realignment, I would say so. Uh, currently, no. But if it gets to that point where it gets out of hand, then yes, I believe that they would need a commissioner one day. So, good question there. And another question is, should we have only football conferences should we only have football conferences? Well, we sort of do in, in, in some ways. Uh, there's some the SEC, for example. The SEC, the SEC uh, does play baseball, and they, they have some great basketball teams, right? Uh, the basketball, if you're talking about basketball, the basketball conference mainly is the Big 12, right? There's a lot of teams in the Big 12 that come out of there that are, you know, solid. Um, or the ACC, for example, the ACC with Duke, right, North Carolina. So uh, for football, I mean, we have the SEC. I mean, SEC does produce some good basketball teams, produce some good gymnastics, produce some good uh, baseball teams. Obviously, with the defending National uh, World Series champions with LSU just winning it a month and a half, a couple months back. So if we had to, you know, say football conferences only, we sort of do because the top of the food chain for the football conference for for the SEC is football, right? Uh, as well as the Big Ten and, you know, sort of the ACC, right? So uh, should we only have football conferences? I would say technically we already do, but overall no, because I think it's good for, you know, to for other comp, for like the SEC to have other sports and, you know, for – for the Big Ten to have sports. And, you know, it's good because there's some teams that are, you know, very, very talented in other areas besides football. So I think it's a very interesting question there. But I think technically we already do when it comes to the popularity of college football. But I think, you know, in reality, no. But so let's get it. Let's move on to some questions. Those are some very, you know, two good questions there. So. Good, good questions. Let's let's go into something really deep right here. Um, so I got this question. It's kind of a two-parter question, and it's and it's very it's very interesting that I found. So let's start off with this. So with a new addition of new universities moving to new conferences, uh, I read where a coach was concerned about mental health with athletes that played sports other than football because of the amount of time spent away from their home and not getting enough sleep. Number one, does adding more major teams to a conference help or hurt the playoffs? Number two, how will you perceive the mental health of athletes down the road for the athletes other than football and even maybe the football players since they have to travel farther? Let's answer the, let's break it down and I'll answer the first one. So, number one, does adding major teams to a conference help or hurt the playoffs? In a way, it helps when it comes to the financial aspect of everything. College football nowadays is ran on TV deals, media, and all that is backed with De Niro, cheddar, money. So uh, if you want to look at it like that, it helps financially. But you got to also think about the players in this situation, ladies and gentlemen. You got to think about the players. Um, you got to think about what happens, you know, with their mental health. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to answer this one really quick. So does it help or hurt the playoffs? Yes. When it comes to talented teams, 
because if you have a 12-team playoff and there are four or five good Big Ten teams in there along with four or five good SEC schools in there, right? But what's going to happen with the Big 12 when there's some good teams there too? The whole play, if you just keep adding and keep adding and keep adding, you're going to have to revamp the playoffs because there's some teams in the Big 12 who who are great and who had a fantastic season, one loss regular season, who won't get in because of one loss Oregon who just joined the Big Ten or a one loss Oklahoma who just joined the SEC, right? So it hurts some of these teams who did fantastic in the Big 12 or in the ACC or in the group of five. It's going to hurt the group of five a lot, I think. That's another, that's another you know, whole other conversation there. But I think it's going to hurt some teams. I really do. I think you're at, if you add too much, it's going to hurt some teams. That's why the committee, and this is what Ross Dellinger is reporting from Yahoo Sports, that, and, and, and you know, it's even been said by Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, that they need to reevaluate a lot of what's going on, right? I think they, uh, Greg Sankey said, that I thought the eight-team playoff model was fine. They voted for 12, but I thought eight teams were good also. I think, I agree. I think eight teams are awesome too. I'll, I'll wholeheartedly agree with that. So I think it hurts in a way. Yeah, I think it hurts, uh, you know, adding more major more major teams to a conference, you know. You're in a conference in the Big Ten where you got Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, along with USC, Washington, and Oregon. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a good amount of major teams there. Then you got in the SEC, Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, all in, in Texas A&M, all in one conference. That's a lot. You know what I mean? That's a lot. And it adds, and it does kind of, you know, add a little bit of, you know, speculation of what are you going to do with the playoffs? So that's a good question. Number two, and I'll read it again. How are you perceive the mental health of athletes down the road for, for the athletes other than football and even maybe the football players since they have to travel farther? Mental health is a very important part of, you know, in, not just in, in sports and in football, but in everyday life. I think that it is, you know, you got to be aware of people's mental health and you got to be aware of, you know, of, of, of other people's timing, schedules, and what have you because it can, it can add a lot of stress, right? This, uh, this can be implemented with, for example, the Big Ten. This can be implemented there because you got to think because this next season you have Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA. That's out there. Penn State's all the way out east. They got to travel hours through the air, through the air. They got to fly to go to LA or go to Eugene, Oregon to play these teams. And, you know, on top of that, you know, a quarterback or a uh, defensive lineman or uh, a safety or a kicker even has, you know, school they have classes they gotta meet they got deadlines they gotta meet they also have you know a lot of stuff going on right so it kind of just it kind of just you know you know adds a little bit to that right the mental health thing so if you if, if you look at it I think mental health is very important and I perceive it in a way of where you gotta if, if I would, if, if I'm a school or if I'm any, you know, any team in, in, in overall in college football, I would have a mental health check where, you know, 
they can see somebody and talk to if they're stressed and they're feeling, you know, they're feeling down or they're 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 feeling like they're overwhelmed with everything, including going out there to play football. I would uh, think that mental health uh, is very important, and I would put that a very top priority, you know, in, in you know when it comes to playing football because of all the stuff that's going on. Um, I think you know. Athletes down the road in general, I think we should implement this. I think we need to, we should have mental health checks and welfares added to you know s- sports and sporting events in general, just to make sure that they're okay and that you know what's going on with them, you know, first because mentally playing a game puts stuff on you, right? So to answer that question, I think the I think the mental health of athletes down the road could be a factor into what's going on with the conference realignment and what's going on. So that's how I perceive it. But I think a solution is to add some welfare checks for a lot of these athletes for you know with mental health because it can be an issue. So I think uh, talking to somebody, have counselors there, uh, adding that on teams, football teams, basketball, you name it, for athletes and college you know, college athletics because other sports are going through this too with conference realignment. It's not just for football; it's for all sports. So I think adding that would be uh, a thing to do, you know, in the near future. So good questions there. Uh, Let's move on to some more, shall we? Some more questions. If you're the ACC commissioner, oh boy. (laughs) When I read, when I saw that, I knew what was coming there. Uh, if if you're the ACC commissioner, what can you do to ensure at your league that your league doesn't lose members? Is there a way to somehow sweeten the pot to convince Clemson, Florida State, and Miami to try to not get around the grant of rights? Grant of rights has is a thing where you know it established a grant of rights deal, and for some of you may know, in football terms, is a way to establish and lock down members of your conference from leaving until a certain point, which means they have rights over you until that time frame. So FSU's trying to get out of it. They're looking at lawyers now. So is Clemson. Uh, I, I have not heard much about Miami yet, but is there a way to somehow sweeten the pot? So uh, what can you do to ensure that your league doesn't lose members? I would say, the media deal with the CW helped, but get a better deal. Everybody wants to go noticed, right? The Everybody wants to be noticed. I mean, Florida State, Clemson, those are premier in Miami. Those are three premier schools in the, in the ACC. North Carolina, you can add them in there as well. I think that media deal, getting a media deal, uh, helps a better one than just the CW. I think the CW is a good start, but if we add more to it, I think it would be a good thing to do. Uh, get a better media deal um, and get a, a, a get more money out of that package for them to sign on and stay and, you know, continue to be a part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And I think that's probably the main way to sweeten the pot for Clemson, Florida State, and Miami to stay. That's just my take on it. Um, It was a great question, by the way. Great, great question. Um, I think that uh, that is the best way to do it. Up a media, to get a new media deal and up it a little bit. The CW is a good start, but get a new media deal in the future and up it. So good, good thing there. Good, good question there. So 
Another one. Are we eventually headed for a three-league super conference? And if so, do you envision that football will break away entirely from the NCAA while still maintaining a sense of geography for the Olympic sports? Kind of the question that was, you know, a real, you know, a little statement that I reaffirmed to when we were talking about, you know, commissioner of college football. Yes, we are headed for a three-league super conference. I thought it was going to be a power two. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a power three conference, I would assume, I would safely assume. Um, the delusion of the Pac-12 or four, whatever you want to guys want to call it, don't don't hate on me for that. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's, it is the Pac-4 right now. But with the delusion of that conference for the 2024 season uh, and the, you know, a memorial service, memorial service, you know, uh, yeah, I think it is a three-league super conference at the moment. I mean, Big 12, Big 10, and the SEC, of course. Um, and I think we're already in 2024 kind of headed that way. I think in 2024, we're there. Uh, it is a three-league super conference. It's the three best teams, especially with the 12-team playoff being implemented. You're going to see teams from three conferences, you know, and it's going to be from the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10. Maybe a couple from the ACC, Florida State and Clemson. But maybe we're gonna see, we're gonna see more teams from the SEC and Big Ten and the Big Twelve than any. So we're kind of already there, I, I would assume. Uh, and if so, do we you envision that football will break away entirely from the NCAA? Right now, if we do not get everything regulated and under control, it's gonna head that way. Um, I think the maintaining a sense of geography for the Olympic sports is a good one. I think they will maintain a sense of geography. But if they don't get the some of the, the linear rules under control, like the NIL, the transfer portal, and get it more under control, which they've already started with the transfer portal, which is good. They've already started with the NIL, which is good. But if we don't get this conference realignment thing under control and, and get some more stuff with it under control, I will assume currently that the NCAA and it will will you know in college football itself will become its own superpower and it's already starting to and it will break away from the NCAA. So that's a good question there. I think that's why I asked if they, if it did who would it be the commissioner? It would be Nick Saban of course. So that's a very good question there. I I really enjoyed that one. Very very good there. So moving on to that from that question. Good question. I do think that the NCAA uh, could break away. Currently, no, but if it keeps going the way it's going, it probably will, you know, look like college football is on its own territory without the NCAA. So, moving on. Good question here, and it's a and it's a question that I'll gladly answer, and I don't know why this is the case, but, well, I kind of do know why it's the case, but I don't, I don't know why they should hate on him for it. So, with Will Rogers about to eclipse the all-time record for passing in the SEC, why is he so undervalued and underrated by the media where people don't talk about him? I want the answers to that same question. I think the answer that I could probably give, and this is, don't take any away, I know fans are watching, so don't say this guy hates Mississippi State but it's probably because he plays for Mississippi State, and it's probably because of the school he plays for. Will Arn uh, Zach Arnett? Zach Arnett is a 
is a good coach, and he's he will he will turn. I believe that he could probably do something at state. However, do something at state means eight and four, seventy five. That's that's really it. They're projected to finish last in the in the SEC West, which is the toughest division in college football. Still is. I think that right now. Um, I think Will Rogers currently is, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, I would put him at number two behind LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, number three would be Joe Milton uh, uh, below Will Rogers. I think Will Rogers is the is the second best quarterback in the conference. He's very undervalued. He's very underappreciated. He's a, a phenomenal talent. He can throw like no other. He's you know got the playbook down. He can you know he can adapt to offenses, and that's why I like Will Rogers because this offense this season is going to change a little bit. Um, so I I think that he if he adapts to it, there's no question that he's a top top-tier quarterback, and and I think the reason why is because of the school he does play for. So, my answer to that would be the school he plays for. I think Will Rogers is phenomenal talent. I don't dis- I disagree because it's the school he plays for. It's an SEC school. He plays lights out every Saturday or Thursday if you count egg bowls. I think he's a solid player, and he does not deserve, you know, the disrespect that he gets. So, I'm all for I'm all for Will Rogers being you know hyped up because he's a phenomenal quarterback. So my answer, unfortunately, the school he plays for, but he deserves more credit than what he gets. So if anybody out there is hating on Will Rogers, shame on you, for real, shame on you because he's a phenomenal talent. Okay, so so how many games do you think Deion Sanders and Colorado will win this year? It's kind of hard to say that. So now we got to do some stuff, as in we look at Colorado's football schedule. <laughs> so they got a uh, they got a game against TCU in in you know about next Saturday, right, guys? Next Saturday, we're about a week out from college football, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm gonna break down more games next Tuesday, just promoting that right now. Uh, let's look at their schedule. Uh, we, we're about a week out. So next Saturday, September 2nd, they play TCU at Dallas, in Dallas, in Fort Worth, TCU. If they beat the runner-up of the national championship game last year, that's going to do wonders for primetime coach prime Deion Sanders in Colorado. The next game they got is a, it's a, is a game they got to, they got to also got to play. That's in two weeks. That's against Nebraska. Um, they also got to play Oregon, USC, and Utah. And Oregon, sorry, Oregon State. They got to play Oregon State. Let's not leave out Oregon State. So, let's see. If they beat TCU, I'm just counting here. So, TCU would be a win. If they get if they beat TCU, Nebraska could be a win. Colorado State, uh, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Arizona, Washington State. I say they can win about eight games. I would say an eight and four season could do some wonders with those four losses coming from Utah, Oregon, USC, and maybe 
maybe TCU. Maybe. They could beat Oregon State. Who knows? Oregon State can beat them. I would say 75-8-4 for Colorado right now. Uh, I think they're coming. As they, as Deion Sanders said, they're going to keep coming. They're going to they're going to build forward. But an eight and four season, in my eyes, would be suffice for the Colorado Buffaloes. So, how many how many games do I see them winning? Eight and four. So, good question there. Very good question there. Last question, and then we will move on and conclude. You know the Q and A session for college football. So, last question. We'll conclude the Q&A session. We'll do another one in the future, so don't worry about that. We'll conclude the all parts of the Q&A session. We'll answer this last question, and we'll break down a couple of games before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. So, last question. Realistically, what are Colorado Buffalo's chances, and if they do well, do you think his recruitment will hurt the SEC considering he can pull players from the South? So, two-parter question there. Realistically, what are the Colorado Buffalo's chances and if they do well? Um, so what are the Colorado Buffalo's chances? So I kind of it kind of goes along with how many games do you think Deion Sanders will win this year at Colorado? I think that eight and four season in year one is good. Uh, I don't necessarily know anything about next year because they're moving to a whole different conference and there's a bunch of teams in that conference. About 16 to 17 teams in that conference. So I don't know necessarily about next year. However, if we're talking about this year, I think right now, 8 and 4, 75 will be suffice. Uh, they got a, they got some talent. They, they got some talent. However, they got some teams that they got to play against. Uh, and if they don't come to play, Nebraska and TCU are games, or Nebraska's one that I'd look at, and TCU's one that I'll look at. Uh, USC. And Utah and Oregon are games that I kind of, kind of in or kind of mad on right now. I I I would assume that those three games could potentially be losses on on their column there. And I think in the loss column, you could probably add Oregon State because Oregon State's a solid team. So um, I would say seventy five to eight and four around there, and then we'll go from there and we'll see what to do and what they can improve on in year one because it's still year one. So. Do you think his recruitment will hurt the SEC considering he can pull players from the South? I do not. I think that he can pull players from the South. Yes. I just think that the SEC has so much weight with their football teams and with that conference that it's kind of hard to pull a lot of people from, right? Yes, they do have the defensive coordinator, Charles Kelly. Yes, they have Deion Sanders there as head coach. I just think that Coach Prime in Colorado can do it, but it's kind of hard to compete with the SEC in a lot of aspects of recruiting, right? A lot of aspects of recruiting. I think Colorado's facilities, they're changing those up. They're going to look nice. Those uniforms are going to look nice. Uh, the, the passion that Coach Prime brings to that team, it's going to look good, and they're going to look great. I just think it's going to be hard to compete with the SEC in recruiting in a lot of aspects. Uh, you got Texas in there now, and you got Oklahoma in there to worry about. So when you dive deep into the Southeastern Conference, you're looking at LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, you're, Texas A&M. You're looking at a lot of schools. Georgia, you're looking at a lot of schools 
that, you know, you're going to have to contend with, you know, if you go down there. And that's that's a lot of pull to deal with right there. It's a big pull of sharks to swim with when it comes to recruiting aspects. Do I think he can pull players from the South? Yes. Will it hurt the SEC? No, I don't think he'll hurt the SEC at all, but he can definitely pull players from the South. So that's all I got with questions. Uh, again, thank you for, you know, asking these questions and letting me answer them. There, you know, Doing the Q&A is fun. I love it. We'll do a future Q&A episode uh, later on in, you know, later on in the coming months. Uh, hopefully we'll do an NFL Q&A uh, as my next Q&A session. We'll do more college football Q&As in the future, but uh, some, you know, NFL Q&As, should be okay, right? And we'll do that in the future. So let me break down a couple of games really quick before we head out and conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. So week zero of college football, we have made it, ladies and gentlemen. Football is here. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I am ready to go. So let's just kick it off with Vanderbilt and Hawaii. So Vanderbilt and Hawaii, week zero games. I'll break down a lot of the rest of the games and for week one next Tuesday. Uh, tune in that episode, please. And <laughs> so Vanderbilt and Hawaii. Let's just break that down. Uh, Hawaii looks good. I just think that Vanderbilt and the toughness of the SEC uh, is going to get to Hawaii. Uh, this is a quick breakdown, but I think Clark Lee is going to do... Uh, do some tremendous work there. He's still doing tremendous work, and he's showing a lot of heart and passion up there in Nashville. Uh, anchored down. I have Vanderbilt going 1-0, and what Vanderbilt did last season in their opener was phenomenal. I mean, they, they put up near 60 points. Unbelievable with Vanderbilt. Good job on them. I think Vanderbilt gets the job done. They go 1-0 to start the season. They beat Hawaii, and, uh, you know, start off their season with a good note, right? So they beat Hawaii. USC and Han San Jose State, I'm picking USC. I think USC is going to, you know, show why that, uh, uh, what they worked on during this spring and what they cleaned up, and it's Caleb Williams. I would expect Caleb Williams to get some playing time around halftime. I think this game's going to get a little out of hand. It's against San Jose State. USC gets the win, a gigantic win over USC, uh, over San Jose State in the opener, and I think that Caleb Williams... Uh, shows people that he's still that dude. He's still, you know, the face of the quarterbacks in college football and still probably the best player in, you know, college football, college football land. So uh, USC gets the job done big. Okay, 2.30 kick, uh, 2.30 Eastern kick, NBC, Notre Dame, and Navy, week zero. I cannot wait for this. It's going to be a good one. We're going to see what Notre Dame does. We're going to see what Sam Hartman does with Marcus Freeman's offense. So uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think Navy's tough. I think Navy's going to show a lot of heart. They're going to come out. Their defense is very underrated. Don't get me wrong on that. I think it's going to, they're going to show a tremendous heart, but I think Sam Hartman and the offense does enough and pulls by and swings it and gets Navy. I say Notre Dame beats Navy with a score around 35-28, 35-28 by a touchdown, and Notre Dame gets the job done. Marcus Freeman goes 1-0 and, and, you know, kicking off his 2022 campaign or 2020, sorry, 2023 campaign with a sweet victory. So those were my breakdowns for week zero. Go and watch football this weekend. That is all I got for Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for, you know, 
just tuning in, watching, and listening to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have X, Facebook, and Instagram. X, just type in at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. Uh, follow on the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in at or type in pigskin frenzy. Follow, like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as all things up to date for pigskin frenzy. And Instagram, just type in at pigskin frenzy. Follow the page there. You'll get episode updates. Uh, you'll get a trivia question on your store on the stories. Go and answer those trivia questions. An about me, a bio about me on there. You can read about me on there. And you'll get all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Also, reminder, still enter the giveaway. Enter the free Defending Champion giveaway. Again, big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen uh, to some college ball coverage presented by me. Now, Thursday, NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy. We're going to talk about the uh, some more fallouts from training camp. We're going to talk about some big news coming out uh, that we heard from about, you know, yesterday, which was Monday, uh, regarding Indianapolis Colts. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Joel Norris signing off. Tune in Thursday for Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, stay the course.